God's grace, his mercy, and his peace be multiplied to you through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay, so how do we approach God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit? There's only one such being, and he is our creator. Well, one way we can do it is to just realize that we are chips off the old block and then kind of back ourselves in for, I guess, one side of the understanding. I don't know if you guys do this, but you know what? It's possible. You might be, you might be out there playing computer games, right? I do. And, you know, I was just thinking about this when, uh, when we had this. Uh, now, there are computer games where, oh, you know, a uh, character gets shipwrecked on an island and then they have to create things by harvesting lumber and cutting the lumber, building stuff. And, and then, you know, somehow uh, some uh, uh, other individual comes there and which enables them to have children, and then the children are out in the fields, and, you know, everything just kind of builds up. And isn't that sort of like our version of the creation story, right? Oh, boy, you know, give me some survivor experience where I'm out there making things and, and pulling things from the earth. I mean, it's, it, it sounds fun to me. It might not sound fun to you, but... There are other things that, that you like to create, which, which is part of the chip off the old block thing because God is a creator and I can see him going, what shall I do today? I know, I shall create. And the thing is, is that when he created stuff, he spoke and it came into existence, which sounds to me in a computer sense kind of like cheating a little bit. But God knows everything, and he is aware of everything, and he has the wherewithal to speak things into existence, which, of course, I don't have that power. Wait a minute. Unless, unless I uh, invest a little bit into this game and I become, let's say, some sort of administrator, and I get God mode. There is such a, something. Have God mode in a game where you could fall from, I don't know, wherever height you want to fall from and, and not die. Or somebody could shoot you and you don't die. And you could shoot them and they do die. God mode. Sounds like cheating. But God knows all of these things and God produces all of these things. And we are chips off the old block. And we also like to produce things and to prosper things and to grow gardens and all of those things, things that God set us here on earth to accomplish. Now, of course, when sin comes in the world, and we read the things about this that Satan, uh, well, later on, uh, we, we had the creation story and God rested on the seventh day and hence we come to church on the seventh day to rest. And I think, you know, for some people, uh, coming to church is more of a job than it is resting. Why? Because resting is, is laying in bed. And we don't see resting as coming and hearing 
what our creator has in store for us. That's not rest for us. It's work because you have to drag your bones out of bed and you have to wash yourself and you have to get dressed in your Sunday go-to-meetings. Then you have to drive. Oh, forget about it. But when we come and we rest on the Sabbath, we get to hear what our Creator has in store for us. And that's a little bit different than a computer game because those characters in the computer game know nothing about their Creator, nor do they really care. We, on the other hand, speak and communicate. We, on the other hand, wonder. We, on the other hand, look at things and we devise theories of how they came to being. If you're a Christian, they may or may not involve God. Hopefully they do involve God. If we are not a Christian, sometimes they don't involve God at all. They involve bangs and booms and all kinds of other things. And even in the church, when we go from the chip off the old block and we try to imagine who God is based on who we are, we mess up. I can remember when I was in college having conversations with people who did not believe in the Trinity. And, uh, and one of the lines that they fed me was, well, how do, what are you baptized? In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. What is that name? And you're supposed to come up with Jesus. And they go, aha! Jesus is God, and that's the way God is. And indeed, look through your Bible. Scour through your Bibles and try to find the word Trinity. It's not there. Maybe in the comments, but it's not in the Bible itself. The word Trinity is a human invention. Don't worry. Don't worry. Jesus descended into the Jordan River, and what happened? A voice said, this is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. And then what happened? The Holy Spirit descended upon Jesus' shoulder. It was said to be a sign. And John the Baptist knew about this sign. But what did he know about the Holy Spirit? What do we know about the Holy Spirit? What do we know about God the Father? We know mostly about Jesus because Jesus is a lot like us, seemingly a chip off the old block. But sometimes we miss the unity part. Jesus is the whole block. See, Jesus rose from the dead. And he came back to his disciples. And we just read about this. And he was talking with his disciples. And they were. And he said, I am going to leave. I'm going to a place where you cannot come. But you know the way. How do we know the way? I am the way. I go to the Father. I and the Father are one. Show us the Father, they said. Don't you know me? 
That's a little confusing, right? But it goes to the unity of God Almighty. Jesus says, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. And so there's a delineation. Jesus is going to the Father, and Jesus, at the same time, if you see him, you see the Father. The unity. And there we have it. And the Holy Spirit comes because Jesus said, unless I go back to the Father, the Spirit cannot come. And it's not like Jesus and the Holy Spirit don't get along. It's just that what happens when Jesus hangs around? See, this is why Jesus doesn't hang around the way we might like him to, right? Just think about it. Jesus comes in the door, and I go, oh, hi, Jesus. I'm going to sit down here and let you get up here and preach. And everybody's going to be going, oh, good. Although sometimes when Jesus preaches, not everybody's happy. But Jesus wouldn't hang around here, and I usually do this, with. but we have the part of the ascension story. Uh, uh, because when, when we go home, we would say, boy, wasn't Jesus preaching pretty good today? Wasn't that right? I wonder where he is now. And Jesus would say, don't you know me? Don't you know that I'm in you? As the Spirit is in you, I am in you. But you see, when we see Jesus, we get all confused. Never mind the churches around the neighborhood. Why is Jesus going to that church? I don't get it. We have a much better church, bigger church, more people, and he chooses to go there. Well, I got to admit, my feelings are just a little bit hurt. Jesus knows all of this. As a matter of fact, it just astounds me that God seems to know, well, I mean, we already know God knows more about us than we know about ourselves. But it goes way beyond that even, because when you think about the unity of God and the trinity of God, you think, I mean, it's almost like God was made just for us. Because... We, we are born and, and we believe in God and then God helps us out and, and then he, he suffers and he dies on the cross for us and, and then the Holy Spirit comes to us and, and inhabits us and speaks in our hearts. And we have faith. Which, which came first? God, it's almost like God is made for us. But then again, we are made for God. God created us in his foreknowledge, and we see all of that. Time does not affect God one bit. And when we talk about God, we talk about Jesus Christ crucified before the foundation of the, of the world. And indeed, Jesus Christ, we didn't call him Jesus back then. We called him at seminary the second person of the Trinity. And there's a lot of people kind of running around saying, well, you know, that was Old Testament and this is New Testament. But Jesus always existed. God's love always existed. God is love. And so he's never been 
you know, more angry in the Old Testament and more gracious in the New Testament. He's always been the same God. But when God spoke, the second person of the Trinity played his part. He shaped the lands. He separated the waters from the earth. Jesus got got in the in the he got dirty. And in doing so, maybe he was a precursor of of coming and and living amongst us, just as we do, suffering and sweating and eating and you know, some good food, some not so good food, getting tired, all of those things because of our salvation. But from God's perspective, He's the Creator. He He does He He intervenes. He He blesses His creation. He helps us. He fixes things that we're not even aware of. Does he fix everything? No. Of course he doesn't. And sometimes and he he gives us his word. Once again, we're here on our day of rest so that we can hear what God does for us. And we realize that God is there for us in ways we have no idea. But once again, chip off the old block, we might say, okay, God, you said that if we come to you and we ask you stuff, uh, how about a little more money in the, in the bank account? In the name of Jesus, more money in the bank account. No? Well, how about this? How about that? Well, what are you good for anyway? You see, we can come up with that real quick, especially when we're down in the dumps, when we're not feeling our best. We can point the finger to God and, and say, you know what, this game of life is just harder than what it's supposed to be. You're supposed to be better at this. You know, if I was in charge and if I had all the administrative powers and God mode and all of that stuff, I would make it a lot easier for everybody. But our life isn't a computer game, is it? And one way for God to honor us is for God to not always be in our business. Does he let us make bad choices? Yeah, he does. Do we sometimes do things and we can't explain why we did them even though we are Christian? Absolutely. I heard a, one guy, I'm sure he's very, very uh, strong in his faith. I know he is because of the way he talks about other things. But one day somebody said something to him that wasn't nice, and he just, before he even thought about it, threw a punch. Is that possible for a Christian? Yeah. <laughs> and getting back to, to uh, how we segment churches and how we, we ourselves feel that we can define God. Is it possible that the church can get stuff wrong about our almighty Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? 
Absolutely. I've heard people say, you know, I don't believe that Jesus could walk on water because we can't walk on water. Oh, really? When that person said that, I, I kind of felt sorry for that person because, frankly, that person was clergy. Not in this church denomination, but in another one. Having said that, does this denomination have everything straight? No. Not at all. Because we speak of God's grace and his mercy. We speak of God's forgiveness and all of those things. But in the end, when we read scripture, we find that God is far more loving and forgiving than we ourselves will ever be. We've got rules and regulations, don't you know? We need to follow those things. People need to jump through hoops. And we forget that God himself says, look, you go out and you forgive and you love me and you love your neighbor as much as you love yourself. And let me tell you something. As one who plays computer games, I forgive myself a lot on computer games. Man, if I had all the powers, I'd be zapping stuff in there, you know, and all so I wouldn't have to go look for it. Not the other person. No, you got to go look for your stuff. But I'd be zapping stuff in for me. Left and how about more money in the bank account? Yep, absolutely, because I deserve it. But what do other people deserve? Not as much as me. And that's the way we are. We get self-centered. This is all for mom and dad, Adam and Eve, who let Satan get into, into their heads because Satan told them, you know what? You're not like God because you don't know everything God knows. God's keeping stuff from you. There's nothing wrong with that tree. Nothing wrong with that fruit. But what did God say? You can't have any. Well, that's not fair. And what did they do? They had some. And in doing so, opened up a chasm that we cannot close. Pandera, Pandora, Pan, Pandora's box, if you will. Or... If you've ever done something a little bit more simple, like I think I've done a few times, take something apart to see how it works and then you can't put it back together again. Because a spring went boing or something happened. You dropped something or you have an extra part when you're done and you go, eh. And that's just human stuff. That's not God stuff that we're dealing with. So I don't know. I think part of coming to rest on the Sabbath is not only to find out how wonderful God is for us, but sometimes how limited we are in our lives, like we did at the beginning of the service. God, forgive me. I've done stuff I shouldn't have done. And there's stuff I should have done I didn't do. Forgive me. And what does God say? I forgive you. See, I have to. If I'm going to be a, 
a, a faithful pastor, I have to get up here and say, as a called and ordained servant of God's word, because God, is, his word has the power, and on the behalf of Christ and what Christ would say, I, I offer you his forgiveness. So you can hear this spoken as if from God himself to you. And I can't go, well, except, except uh, you know, you over there. Because I heard stuff. And when you said, I'm sorry, I wasn't buying it. I can't do that. Because forgiveness doesn't come from me. Although it could. If you do something that's mean to me, and why would you? But if you do, in Matthew 18, if you sin, if someone sins against you, you go to them and you say, and you explain it to them and they go, oh, no, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. And you say, you are forgiven. And the disciples would say, well, how many times should we forgive that person? What if, they, what if he does it seven times in a day? And God says, 70 times seven. You know why? Because that's another rule from God? No, because when Christ suffered and died on the cross, he died for how many sins? All. All, All sins. So if you're gonna, are you going to withhold Christ's blood from, from people? And indeed, is this, is this possible? Does the church have the power? Once again, Matthew 18. If you forgive the sins of someone, they are forgiven. If you do not, they are not forgiven. But once again, what does God's word say? If someone pulls the beard... Uh, and I'm lacking on a beard, but if someone pulls your beard and, and, and pulls it, which is an insult in, in certain cultures, to shave off someone's beard or to pull the beard out, that's, that's a sin. But if someone slapped your cheek, slap, put, turn your head so they can slap the other cheek. Why? Because God forgives us all the time through Jesus Christ. And once again, God the Father sends Jesus. Jesus says, these things that I do, I don't do it of my own accord. I do it because my Father said, go do it. And, this, and Jesus said this many times. I do these signs and wonders because... God says, God the Father says, do them. I haven't done anything that God hasn't told me to do. And then Jesus says, I am God. That's amazing. It's a little brain twisting. But let me tell you something. If we could figure God out, he wouldn't be much of a God, would he? If you could figure all the ins and outs of God and say, oh, I know God. I got him figured out. Then I'm saying that we're worshiping the wrong God. 
God, our God is far more complicated, far more gracious, far more merciful, far more knowledgeable, far more present, far more powerful than we can ever imagine. It's just like me going up to, to somebody and, and saying, and I can do this. It's possible for me to do Oh, so does a, I might have even done it to my father-in-law. I'm not sure. But he was a plumber. But you see, I was ignorant of all the things plumbers could do. And so I asked him, could you do, can you do this? And I think he looked at me like, are you stupid? I'm a plumber. Yeah. So, that's what plumbers do. Oh, so you have that knowledge. Yeah, I have that knowledge. What an ignorant son-in-law I have. He never said that. <laughs> but it was possible for me to, to say, oh, you're a lawyer? Oh, can you do this? Well, I mean, I know that lawyer can, but can you do that? And the lawyer would be insulted. Because we're ignorant. What can God do? He can do everything. God can raise people from the dead. Are you nuts? Of course he can. You mean God can create this, this whole whatever it is we call it. And even stuff that we don't even know exists in six days? you know? Don't you know what God can do? Evidently not. And we struggle with that all the time. God can't fix my broken life. Yeah, he can. But is he supposed to? You got a part too in that, in fixing broken lives. Coming here and saying, God, forgive me a poor miserable sinner is part of it. And worshiping and loving God and loving your neighbor as yourself. You see, because we have our part to do as well. And it gets even better or worse, however you look at it. Because God sends us out to do what? Make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And teaching them to do Everything I've commanded you. Well, God, thank you, but I don't know. I don't know what I don't know anything. Yeah, there's a lot of, you know, I mean, people will say, hey, you know, the Jehovah's Witnesses came to my house and and we just sent them to you. Because we know what, the, what they're saying is not right and everything, but we don't know enough to, to talk to them about. So we sent them to you. And they did. They came to my house and they said, well, you know, we've been sent to your house by church members down the street there. And we just wanted to let you know that um, we're glad to talk to you. We just don't want to talk about the Trinity. Where did I start? At the Trinity. Because they told me they, they took a verse in Proverbs and they, 
and they said that, that Christ was created and all of that stuff. And I said, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute. Go back to the beginning of that chapter. What's, what is it referencing? Wisdom. Wisdom personified was created. And you're attributing that to Jesus. I'm sorry, but you, you're, you're shooting too low. And if you're quoting scripture, you need to quote, quote it accurately. Did that change anything? No. Just like everybody else, we've got hard heads too. And somebody tells us something, and only later on, after years and years and years, and I know this might have happened to you. Maybe you did this for your kids. Maybe you told your kids something. And then one day your kids came to you and said, you know, I was talking to this person and they said that. And now it makes sense. And you go, I've been telling you for years that same very, the same exact language. Why didn't you listen to me? Nothing personal, mom, dad, nothing personal. Imagine what God must feel like at times. Because he tells us so many things, and we just don't get it. Huh? What? And even after all the things that Jesus did, he went to the mountain where they were told to go, and he was about to ascend into heaven, and it says, and they still, some of them still did what? Doubted. <laughs> what can you do? What are you supposed to do? What a corrupt, calloused, difficult generation. And yet, God never stops forgiving and loving. He never stops. And He keeps promising us, He opens doors. On Sunday morning for us to come or not to come. What a wonderful God we have. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so, Lord, we worship you. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Even though perhaps at times we don't understand the entirety of who you are. But what we will do is we will rise and we will, on page 174, confess in the Nicene Creed our God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We rise. I believe in one God, the Father of
Almighty God, Eternal Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we ask that you would be with us. Teach your children who you are. Teach them to love you and love our neighbors as ourselves. Teach us to offer forgiveness like you offer forgiveness and to go out and to show your love as you have gone out and shown your love to us. Lord, in your mercy. Lord God, we thank you that you have given us the church here on earth and it has many different architectural types. It has even different services, different kinds of pastors who think about worshiping in different ways. And yet, when we gather together in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we are unified. We ask that you would keep this church strong, this denomination, other denominations who follow you, that you would keep us all who listen to your word in the faith, in Jesus. Lord, in your mercy. Lord God, you have given us the ability to pray for ourselves and for others. And so we ask that you would be with uh, Greg Clayson, um, the young man that we have we prayed about last Sunday, who's still struggling with um, medical difficulties infection that has set in, uh, we ask that you would uh, be with him and his family. Put your healing hand on him uh, so that as he recovers from this, Lord willing, that you would teach him the way to go. Just like you teach us the ways to go when we struggle in this life. Lord, in your mercy, we ask that you would Likewise, be with Randall O'Brien, who uh, fell and uh, broke his collarbone. Um, he's undergoing tests to determine uh, the reason for the fall, seizures that uh, he has had in the past, and now uh, have somehow uh, revived. And we ask that you would bless those, the medical teams who uh, run those tests, uh, that they might find the, the reason for for uh, these seizures and these falls um, and he, bring him back to healing. Lord, in your mercy, we ask that you would be with the family and friends of John Io, who we prayed for him for a long time, who uh, passed away. And we rejoice that he is now in your presence. Um, be, uh, spread your that surpasses all understanding uh, to uh, his family and his friends um, and remind them that heaven is a place for those who follow him. So keep us all in that faith so that we'll see him and we will see uh, each other and we will see you when you finally call us to our heavenly home. Lord, in your mercy. We ask that you would be with all of those uh, 
travel, um, and we ask that you would uh, uh, bring them to their destinations and back home, uh, safe and sound, refreshed, um, having renewed relationships with family or opened up new possibilities and, and, and broadened their horizons, that your earth, wherever it is, is a wonderful creation. And we ask that you would uh, uh, bless all those people who continue to travel in life, um, all these things in you, Lord, in your mercy, we ask that you would listen to our prayers as we pray to you, um, and we thank you that you have told us that you do hear our prayers, and we ask also that you would uh, send us an extra measure of the Holy Spirit that we might have that wisdom that it takes to continue to follow you in that faith. All of those things given to us without our own merit from Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We continue with the offertory on page 176. Blessed are 
begotten Son into our flesh to bear our sin and be our Savior. And with repentant joy, we receive the salvation accomplished for us by the all-availing sacrifice of his body and his blood on the cross. Gather in the name and remembrance of Jesus, we beg you, O Lord, to forgive, renew, strengthen us with your word and spirit. Grant us faithfully to eat his body and drink his blood as he bids us do in his own testimony. Gather us together, we pray, from the ends of the earth to celebrate with all the faithful the marriage feast of the Lamb and his kingdom, which has no end. Graciously receive our prayers. Deliver and preserve us. To you alone, O Father, be all glory, honor, and worship. With the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he was given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. On the same manner also, he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of the peace of the Lord be with you always.